0: welcome to another episode of meta athletes the playbook i'm joined here by coach b and today we're going to be talking about uh life after athletics and and maybe what type of communities are available for people and i think um you know me coach b and katie brinkley we kind of had this conversation the other day about uh you know we're all former athletes we're building meta athletes and there's a lot of comparison over and crossover into um the meta athletes community and, and what it meant to be in a community whether that's on a team in a business possibly religion and uh and how much crossover there is and before we hop into the episode and I shoot it over to coach B I wanted to uh give a couple updates for the the meta athletes community the listeners um obviously this is a podcast to to bring insights from our coaches and uh, our mentors directly to our community, but also for Meta Athletes updates. And so a few things that happened in the Meta Athletes community, um, we decided that we're gonna release the female avatars. And so we've minted about, I wanna say close, just under hundred female Meta Athletes uh, to the ecosystem. And we're really excited because it's, it's a it's a Mogo, as Coach B likes to call it. It's a mint one, get one free deal for meta-athletes. Uh, we, we always want to come from a place of support to the people that are showing us support. So uh, if you mint a meta-athlete for 0.03 Ethereum, we'll actually airdrop you an additional meta-athlete. Uh, in addition to that, we had about 300, we call them OG holders, our original holders. Um, we also showed support by airdropping them, a female meta-athlete. So if you're a part of the first 300, we airdropped one meta-athlete to your wallet. So... Uh, or we're actually in the process right now of doing that. And uh, it's a little bit of hand-to-hand combat for me, but it's 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 really gratifying to be able to go to the wallets and, and see us uh, airdropping those directly to our original holders and, and people that really just uh, believed in the vision from the beginning. And um, so those are a couple of updates. The last update I have is we brought on some really awesome brand ambassadors, um, coaches, mentors, resources within our community, um, that that hold really you know strong authority positions in the world of performance training, strength and conditioning, mental fitness. Um, some of those examples are the head of performance at the Boston Bruins, uh, head of performance at the Seattle Sounders, the strength and conditioning coach with the Atlanta Hawks, uh, mental fitness coach with the New York Knicks. These are just a couple examples of uh, some of the resources that we've made available to our community. And um, to me, it's amazing. And Coach B, I'm gonna kind of shoot it over to you, but uh, these are the people, and you know, you know, a lot of these people personally, but these are the people that are helping the the 1% develop and the 1% optimize, you know, their performance. And, um, a lot of attention goes to the athletes. And I think that the, the, the underrated resource in the world is these coaches, the mentors of the athletes that help them, you know, optimize everything from nutrition to mental, to physical, to even professional. And so it embodies what meta athletes is built for, but, uh, Coach B, I'm excited to have this conversation with you. I'm excited to bring on some more brand ambassadors and, and really just generate more attention and momentum behind the, the IP and the brand of Meta-athletes. But um, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me. And I couldn't agree with you more. It's really exciting times for Meta-athletes and the people involved, the community, uh, the brand ambassadors. Like I'm fortunate to be able to call them friends and colleagues and people that I've been able to know for for quite a bit of time. And just knowing them as human beings It it speaks volumes to what they can bring, not only as professionals, but like what they what they truly are all about, which is trying to make an impact, trying to help everybody get better. Um, And they are true lifelong learners, like they they are lifelong learners. And I always say this to to the people that I'm fortunate to be able to work with is our expectation is, is to help you guys get better and for you to have that mindset each and every single day. But for that to happen we as coaches have to have that same mission and shame kind of ethos to what we do. Cause if we're not trying to get better, then we can never expect you to get better. Right. Because then we just be hypocrites. So it's everybody that you just mentioned is our true lifelong learners. And, um, I'm excited to, to be able to learn from them at the same time as they're trying to help everybody else in the community.
0: Yeah. I just tweeted out today. I said, uh, readers are leaders. And I know that you subscribe to that methodology and, and, um, a lot of the people that are these coaches, they are readers. They are people that continue to learn. And I think, you know, it's a byproduct of one still pursuing uh one's growth, but also the the word impact, you know, to be able to continue to learn so that you can continue to help others grow, right? Like that's a that's a huge part of the the strength and conditioning coach community, the the performance coach community, um, people that continue to to learn and grow and develop themselves. Um, I would love to switch over and start talking about the community aspects you know like I I sent a message to you and Katie the other day I was like hey you know I was an athlete I was part of a community you know and when we think about community here at athletes we think about shared leadership being mission driven shared mission and um and really just caring about each other holding each other accountable until uh one is ready to hold themselves accountable and I think that's that's a huge uh utility aspect that not a lot of NFT communities are worried about but uh it's it's our ethos it's what we decided you know is going to be our mission when we launch this thing and so Um, I'm kind of curious from you, Coach B. I mean, you know, you're so you're so involved in sports, but like you grew up playing sports, right? Did you you grew up playing sports and what did that community mean to you? And and maybe how does it cross over to what we're building with meta athletes?
1: Yeah, I was fortunate. I I grew up playing some sports and um I realized quickly that I was never gonna be able to pursue that athletic career for a long period of time just because I knew my genetic limitations, right? So uh, I quickly realized that I had a passion for exercise and training, but more importantly, trying to help teams develop and individuals try to reach their own athletic goals as well as team goals. Like I, I still remember my senior year in high school, like we, we got a new coaching staff in football and um, they completely revamped our culture, how we did things. And it led to the most successful season that that my high school has had in years and it led an impact on me about how important training was, group dynamics was, um, the culture, how we spoke to each other, how we treated each other, and and it was. It was a shared leadership. Obviously, we had captains, and I was fortunate to be a captain, but the expectation was everybody had to be able to lead themselves, and everybody could, if it, everybody could lead themselves, it made the job of the, the so-called captains a little bit easier, right? Because you didn't have to hold everybody to a – to extreme strict standard because everybody was did what they're supposed to do. They were dependable. Um, They, they knew their, they knew their roles. They, they worked hard every single day. And it's, it's, it's kind of carried over into how I, you know, work with teams now, um, what the values are and how important the being part of a group is. Like, I think we, if you're ever part of a group, I think you should feel very privileged. You know what I mean? Like you should very, should be very fortunate to be part of a group because there's no special fee. There's more, nothing more special than achieving something together with a group. Like I I've um, I'll say this to teams all the time is like, if you have the opportunity to win a championship, it might be one of the most empowering feelings that you'll ever have in your life because it's really challenging. It's really difficult to be able to win and accomplish something together. Like everybody's got to be able to sacrifice a little bit of themselves and make certain choices that may not necessarily want to do. But it's such a powerful feeling when you see everybody succeed together, and and I can see it happening within meta athletes. Like I really can. Like it's so empowering and so gratifying to be able to see people show up each and every single day and share their wins or share what's going on in their lives or share the impact that something that somebody might've said to them or shared with them and how they're able to incorporate into their own lives like that. It's really cool to see every single day. And, um, it's really no different than, than, than being on an athletic team. Like these are just, we're, we're the team for everybody that that was a former athlete. You know, we're the team that, that can help you continue to stay mission driven and to stay focused on getting better because as an athlete, everybody wants to get better. And at some point in time that, that uh, their career runs out, right. They they've got to retire from their sport per se, but you're never going to retire from life. And so sometimes you just got to find your group of people that can really try to help you make you feel like you're still part of the team. So we can all win.
0: I couldn't have said it better. And I think um, there's a couple of things that popped up. The first one I'll mention is, you know, when you're a coach, uh, it's up to you to build the culture. It's up to you to uh, put up the upfront work to get everybody dialed into uh, either a shared mission or some type of team identity. And um, you know, I think coaches sometimes they'll go half the season and then realize, oh, we need to, like people are falling apart. We need to we need to rein it in. It's the it's the coaches that like from day one, whether it's your youth coach and you're even talking to the parents too. Like the parents need to understand what the mission is. The parents need to understand what the playbook is for the coach that year to understand. Hey, we're on the path to success or, Hey, uh, something's not working. We need to change things. But when the players understand that from the first training camp, you know, that's what I've learned over the last couple of years of coaching is, you know, training camp is not about, this is our power play system. Here's a playbook, study this, come back next day. We're going to run this. So make sure you know what it is. The training camp is, this is our goal this year. And I'm going to talk to every single one of you to understand what motivates you, what demotivates you and what is your goal? And does that align with our overall mission? And, um, ever since that that switch players started to i think players in my opinion respected what we were doing as coaches um and they also understood what was right and what was wrong with uh, what was going on in the season and i think that that awareness changed and these are 12 and 13 year olds i think that that awareness changed the game for them because it wasn't about like coaches yelling at me it was more about oh i know that i know what we're supposed to be doing and um, one of the most impactful things we did as a as a I think as a coaching team, which was really me and my dad these last couple of years, um, was we we picked people that we thought embodied what it was that we were trying to build um, in terms of a mission for that year, and and they would be the assistant coach or or not assistant coach the captains and assistant captains, and our goal was to make these captains the mini coaches. So that when they go and do their pregame warm up outside, you know, a couple laps and stretching that the coaches don't need to be there. Right. And I mean, our goal is to create a little time for us to go get some coffee. But at the same time, <laughs> uh, we wanted to we didn't want to babysit a team. We wanted to we wanted them to feel what it felt like to, to hold themselves accountable, but also hold their team accountable. And um, we had parents come up to us at the end of the season and say, hey, we've been we've been team captains before, but. This is the year that uh, responsibility was given and accountability was was learned, and um, for us that was impactful because you know those kids will take these lessons and not just what we are asking them to do, but this feeling of holding themselves accountable because uh, what they're either leading by example or leading by you know their voice and their message. But um, there's a huge lack of accountability in locker rooms, and so when 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 kids that are 13 years old can understand this. I think that, that that's a powerful thing. And, um, to touch on your, your other points of like community and, and what it means to be a part of a community, um, with meta athletes, you know, I think we're changing lives. I really like, I feel like we're changing lives because, no um, you know, before I used to say mentally and physically, but now I'm saying professionally and I'll tell you why, because these last couple of weeks, I have really held myself accountable for good, healthy habits. And, um, my thought, my, my brain is clear. My thoughts are clear. Uh, am I'm, I'm, my meetings are way more effective, way more successful. And, um, I attribute it to the accountability, the resources that are being offered in our ecosystem. And, um, so it's not just mental health. It's not just physical health, but it's for your business. It's for it, whether you're working for somebody or working for yourself. I've, I've heightened my ability to, I think, lead, heightened my ability to, um, connect and understand what is value. And for me, that's, like that's my whole business model is providing value to to our partners. And so, um, yeah, I, I, really feel like we're changing lives and, um, this is not a project where as founders, we can feel good that we're making people money, but I think as founders and, and this founding team, we can feel good about changing lives and, and making, you know, positive impacts on, uh, on the people that are choosing to show up for themselves. Um, and so, you know, with that coach be how does it correlate to, you know, you have people that come in and, and work out with you and there's some people that get it right away and they start executing. And then there's other people, they need to be held accountable until that accountability, you know, by others starts to resonate with, Hey, people are looking out for me. I need to look out for myself um, and start applying this. And um, I think that's happening in meta athletes too. You know, me and you will show up and be like, Hey, you get an Peloton or, Hey, you finish this book. And, um, Man, there's so many good resources that are being shared. But I mean, I've told you this a thousand times, but I truly believe, you know, when the student ready, the, the student is ready, the teacher appears and we're just there. We're just showing up for them and um and allowing that that opportunity to be connected. But um, I'm sure it happens with you too. There's probably athletes that maybe they, yeah. they don't work out as much as they need to, they don't meditate, they don't read, they don't rest and recover as much as they need to. So um, you know, what's your thought process on? You know, just helping somebody get to that point where then they can then hold themselves accountable.
1: You know what? It, it it kind of all goes back to what you said about how you and your dad took the approach to coaching, and realizing, like, coaching isn't coaching is teaching, right? And you're really trying to teach habits, behaviors, attitudes, morals, values, which my opinion comes down to culture, and. I think one thing I've always kind of hung my hat on is is the ability to build a culture and to be able to build a, a collective mindset to get people to understand how to own their own development. And when it comes to training and how we how we kind of run our room like a lot of um what it comes back to is 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 our non-negotiables which can accountability, respect, work ethic, but those those are clearly defined. You know, I think I think I spoke about those on, on episode 1 but um, early on, like when I first meet with, with newcomers, transfers, freshmen, whatever it may be, like, that's clearly defined. We have a, um, orientation, which we call it. And we go over rules, we go over policies, we go over procedures, we go over expectations, we go over how to read a program. We go over like what the room's going to look like. And they don't even get to train. Like that's just day one and we'll do an assessment. So they know right from day one, these are the expectations and I'm going to hold you to this standard. and. I'm not the only one who's going to hold you to the standard. Your teammates are going to hold you to the standard because they value it. They buy into it. They trust it. They respect it. And they know that it works. And it's not something that happens right away. It's it's probably took me a good two to three years to be able to implement it um, with some teams and with some programs. But they started to see, the athletes themselves, they started to see like how their habits started to change. How success started to come for how they started to improve, and they started to buy into it. And then, what starts to happen with a really good culture, and I'm fortunate, if, like I get to do it at a university, where I'm fortunate to be able to see, you know, kids, you know, three to four years, and we can see their development, and we can see how they grow and they mature, not only physically but mentally, emotionally, and spiritually as well, too. And we start to get them to understand that they're the true master of their ship, right? They're the true person that's going to steer their their ship in the right way. And and we tell them flat out, like, listen, this is not my training session right now. This is yours. This is, it's not my season. It's yours. And you're going to get whatever you want to get out of it based on what you decide to put into it. So if you tell me that you want to accomplish X, Y, and Z, and you tell me you want to do this, but yet you don't back it up with the things that you do away from the from the weight room, like or, or away from the arena, like with your sleep habits and your, and your recovery and your nutrition, then I'm going to tell you about it, you know? And if you don't want to hear me say it, then start, you got to start to change. And at some point, there's always a decision to make, right? There's two certainties in life. We're all going to die and we're all going to make choices. So we got to decide to make choices that are going to help us or hurt us. Are you making choices right now? They're going to help the team or they're going to hurt the team. And if you don't want to hear me say it to you over and over again, or your teammates say, it, then maybe you need to make a change. You know, um, you know, that's one, that's one approach, but it's typically like it's, it's trying to empower other people to take charge of their own life and try to empower other people to take ownership of their own careers. And And I'm really, I'm fortunate to be able to have that position and to be in that position. And I don't take it lightly. And then same thing with, with meta athletes like i don't know if you get pissed off at me drew but like i'll like if i say hey did you ride or did you do this today like maybe maybe initially you did and at some point you know what like screw this guy i'm just gonna do it anyway (laughs)
0: Uh, so i was just gonna bring it up i was just gonna bring it up actually and to be super transparent i was like damn this guy's on my back and uh you know at at first i was just like it's but it's it's all mindset right because at first i was just like man i didn't get it in i've been really busy and you know this guy doesn't know what i do but um but then I just like caught myself. I'm like, this guy cares about me enough to take time out of his day to text me or or hit me on Twitter or DM me and say, hey man, did you get it in? And um, that's when it all changed for me. And man, I've done I've done something every single day since you've been on me. And um, you know, I think a lot of people need to have that internal voice work for them. And and so, you know, but that takes practice. You know, you don't just one day you just don't wake up and then you know you're, you're Mr. Positive or Mrs. Positive. Um, it takes daily practice and it's something that I've been working on for, you know, for years, but in different forms, whether that's meditation, whether that's journaling. Um, but what made a difference for me is somebody showing up for me and then I started showing up for myself. And I think that's, that is the, the equation of the value of meta athletes is, um, You could be a business exec. You could be living in your mom's basement. You could, you know, there's so many different people in our community, but we're showing up for people. And I'm actually grateful that the community is small because we can do so at a very intimate level. If we had 5,000 people that me and you and the team needed to look after, that's a that's a tall order. And I don't even know if we would get to everybody with the same level of intimacy that we can do it now. So I'm grateful for a small community. I'm grateful that we're growing one by one because it gives us the opportunity to show up for people in an authentic way, as well as um, show them the playbook, right? I think um, that's that's what you've done for me is you showed me how much it, it, and Fanzo talks about this all the time. It's just show that you care, right? Like that, you could be the best strength and conditioning coach in the world, but if you don't care that much, then you're not going to make that great impact. Right. But uh, the fact that you have that level of wisdom experience and level of care is what separates you and made an impact on me. Cause man, I'm working out every day. I'm eating for my health. um, am sleeping for my health. i meditating and journaling. And these are all things that, you know, I'm smart enough to know that these things are good for me, but it's discipline and um, it takes a high level of discipline even to do content creation. It takes a high level of discipline to set aside the time. And, you know, you can tell yourself, are two people going to see this? Are 200 people going to see this? But, uh, you know, but it doesn't matter, right? Because you, you can show up for somebody and, and you're showing up for yourself by building your brand and, and putting this content out there. And so uh, you've been a great impact on me, Coach B, and, and I've seen you You know, I'm somebody that I like to learn from other people's mistakes, but I also like to learn from other people's success. And when I look at people like you, Fanzo, and I see you, you know, showing that you care, showing up for people, um, I just instantly knew like my gut instantly knew that this is the way that this is how we're going to build community one by one. And, um, I think it's been massive, you know, like look at the people in our community and they show up every day for themselves. They show up to meditations. Um, the meditations used to be me, Darnell, maybe Tyson every once in a while, And, um, yeah, we pulled them up yesterday, like, you know, 10 to 15 people. And, um, yeah, dude, it's, it's really exciting to watch. Um, but it it all comes back to, this is the community. This is the community feel and, and utility and benefits that you would see in the real world. Um, you know, I used to study communities because I I manage a community for a really successful entrepreneur and, and, um, my job was just to talk to people one-on-one and provide them resources and help them with their issues by providing the content that we were, you know, building for, for all these people. And um, I think the the most impactful thing I learned is utilizing what I learned in and how to win friends and influence people. It's the simple things. It's literally in the text, use their name. Let's talk about what they want to talk about. It's how do you make them feel significant? Um, You know, all these great things that we've learned to, to help build our community, but I think at at the forefront of it all is when you leave athletics or you leave a job or you leave um, you know some type of community that has been built and that you've kind of relied on and and that you know you had great trust in, um, it's a weird place to be in when you go for that transition. And um, you know, I've learned about this with the military. I've learned about this with former professional athletes that have a problematic transition that can that can lead to you know high levels of stress. and um, high levels of stress, but also loss of purpose and fulfillment and I think um that is what the meta athletes community can provide not only in transition but for just for people that want to win in life and maybe you weren't a former athlete, but you always wanted to treat yourself like an athlete um then here's your opportunity to get d one coaching, the professional coaching that is really reserved for the one percent of the world when it comes to being elite at a certain sport or at a certain skill and um I think that's what makes it so beautiful is. You know, you could be uh, maybe you were a D3 athlete, but you didn't have the resources that are available, you know, that, that we provide in Met athletes, And this is why you want to join. Um, but really, I think it's just this loss of community, loss of passion and loss of fulfillment. And uh, I think we see that not only in sports, but also in the workplace. And, you know, I know that you talk about, you know, teams can be found everywhere, but um, I kind of want to switch over to, to how this this idea or this concept maybe has helped you professionally. You know, this idea of holding yourself accountable and holding others accountable, because a lot of the, the topics are the same. When you're at a business, the best performing teams usually have shared mission, shared leadership, and they genuinely care about each other. And I think when when you don't have that shared leadership mission or you, you don't have a care for one another, that's when businesses get a little bit iffy, or uh, I think the better, the better way to say it is toxic in, in a lot of cases. Yeah. Um, and that's a huge topic that we, we uh, run into today. So what are your thoughts on community in the workplace?
1: You know, it's, um, I don't really think it's very different, honestly. Like it's, there's some things that came up when you were speaking just now about, you know, being on a team and, um, you know, showing up, like a lot of it comes down to value. And are you valuing yourself? and are you valuing others. Like I think relationship building comes is at the core of any strong team and that's developed through trust and tr- trust is developed by showing up, right? And showing up that you and showing up with a with a true passion for other people, like in a true ma- true passion to give. And I have always said this and I'm a firm believer you've got to give to get, right? You got to give of yourself and you got to give of your energy to other people. And, they, and you'll eventually, you'll get it back. And I'm a firm believer in that. And, and a lot it comes back to um, just relationship building. And when you're on a team, um, you do have shared interests, right? You have a shared interest, maybe maybe in winning a championship, maybe um, to, to win your conference, whatever it might be. But like, that's a shared interest. And I've done some research into some business teams too. And, and there's a great study. If, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but um, it was done by Google. Like it was, it was done by looking at their best performing teams and they found five key characteristics that were super important to show the effectiveness of the team. It wasn't talent and it wasn't IQ. It wasn't the most talented individuals. It came down to five key qualities. Number one is psychological safety. Like everybody felt safe in taking risks. They, they weren't afraid to make to, to look stupid. They weren't afraid to get outside their comfort zone. Like, so psychological safety is a huge characteristic of, um, of any sports team, but also like a professional team or business type of team. The second trait was dependability. Um, everybody, you know, gets their work done on time. Like you can trust that everybody's going to get their stuff done when they when it's supposed to get done. Number three was structure and clarity and everyone knows what the expectations are. They're clearly defined by the leader, but they're also clearly defined by everybody within the group or within the team. Um, the fourth one is meaning, right? Everybody had a sense of purpose. Um, it could be financial security. It could be supporting their family. It could be helping a team succeed. It could be, you know, trying to be the best defensive team in the country. Whatever it might be, there, were, there was a meaning to what they were doing. And the last big trait was impact everyone was able to see the result of their work actually contributed to the organization or the, to the team's mission and their vision. And so if you look at those five, th- five traits, psychological safety, dependability, structure, and clarity, meaning, and then impact, like show me a team that doesn't have those, show me a successful team that doesn't have those qualities, right? You could look at, it doesn't matter whatever sport it might be. It could be, you can even take like racing to example, like right, granted you look at racing. That's one person that's driving but they got a pick crew and they're all just as important. You could look at, you know, horse racing, right? It's just a horse and the jockey, but there's a team of people that all are going into the success of that horse being able to race. You can look at it to a business team. You can look at whatever it may be. Like, it doesn't matter. Whatever team you're on, you can look at a marriage, right? Like you got to have, you got to have those five key elements. And those are the big things that Google is able to find And they've been able to cultivate it within their, within their organization. And I'd say they're pretty successful.
0: A a thousand percent. And, you know, two things that popped up for me is um, when I think about true leadership and what it means to define roles, I I think of Bill Belichick. I think, uh, you know, I I remember watching this documentary with my dad and um, every single player knew exactly what they needed to do and exactly what their role was. And it wasn't because that's what they felt. It's because that's what, That's what Bill told them. He's like, This is your role. This is exactly what I need you to do. And some players, they need that. Um, You know, they don't find the role organically. And um, I've had athletes that, um, you know, they might not tell me right away, but they'll go to their parents and they'll be like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And the parents, you know, will come to me and say, Hey, um, it would be really helpful if you told so and so exactly what you want from them from each shift. And I found that to be really helpful because, um, you know, it gives them something to focus on, which is good, but it also gives them that sense of, sense of fulfillment for like being, a you know, doing something, you know, I think a lot of people, like he scored goals, we got assists, we made a big save, but for a majority of, of a hockey game, you know, you're making impact, not through points. You're making an impact by you doing a certain job at a very high level. And uh, we used to always tell athletes and our players, like, you know, if if you, we're not going to ask them to go out there and do something crazy, but if you understand what it is that you're supposed to be doing and you do it at a, at your highest level of effort, then we'll never yell at you. We'll never be upset with you. But if you don't know what you're doing because you weren't paying attention and you didn't do it at a high level, or maybe you, you took a shift off, that's where we might get a little bit upset to hold you accountable. But um, we used to always tell players that and it stemmed from Bill Pelichuk, just saying, Hey, just know your role, do your job, do your <laughs> job. Yeah. Know your role and do your job. And, we, we ingrain that into our players and, you know, a defenseman, you know, we would always tell defensemen like, is it your job to block the shot? No, your job is to make sure the person in front of the net doesn't score. That's your job that if, if you, if they score, it's okay. It wasn't on you, you know, like your job was to make sure the guy in front doesn't get a second shot. That's that's their job. And so we broke it down into very, very simple terms for our athletes to understand what their job was or, if we're breaking out of the zone, the wingers, like your job is to do whatever it takes to get the puck out. If it's skate it out, pass it out, chip it out, whatever it might be like, that's your job. And that's what we expect, you know, you to to put your highest level of effort towards. Um, Yeah. So when, when, when we understood that Bill Belichick, you know, at the time with Tom Brady was winning championships left and right. Like that's that, the players just, you know, knew this is my role. And this is what I'm doing. I'm doing my job. Um, That stood out to me and it, it, it really, it spoke to me because as a coach, it just simplifies everything too, which I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of simplifying things and not overcomplicating things. things. Um, the second thing, and this is actually a text that you sent me the other day. It was, you know, great leaders don't say, follow me. They say, come with me. And that really spoke to me because I'm also, you know, as a founder and as an, you know, a founder of other athletes that are building this project, and even, you know, you yourself, the, the other members of this team, <clears throat> We're practicing what we preach daily, you know, and I think that makes a huge difference um, in, in leadership. And you know, I'll post my pictures of me being the peloton. You'll do the same. We'll post meditation. We'll post our book recommendations. These are things that we read. We just didn't hear about it and saying, "Hey, you should do this." It's like, "Hey, we just read this, and this is fantastic for you to, to understand the, the principles." And um, you know, my my dad was in the military for a long time, and he ended up becoming, you know, he's a colonel in the military. He's an Army Ranger, and Um, I just remember being a kid and um, he used to have these change of commands and he would have these promotions and hundreds of people would show up and like just shake his hand after. And I could just see like in their faces and the way that they respected my dad, like how much, how great a leader he was. And um, he would tell me, he's like, it's not about like what you say or even what you do. It's literally just showing up for people. Like, you know, if you're, if you're cleaning up the, uh, the barracks, you know, going up to them and helping them and saying, Hey, how are you doing? Like, you know, is everything good with you? And and understanding what truly motivated or what was going up, you know, what was wrong with some of the, maybe some of the soldiers that he was commanding. And, uh, it was those little things of just showing up and, and showing that you care. And it wasn't, it was never like, my dad is, he's a great speaker and you know, he's, he's an awesome person, but he's never been like truly outspoken. He's, he's very shy. Like I'm like him too. I'm very shy, but, um, on a personal level, we get to know people really deep and well and and, and try to be there for them. And so that really spoke to me because as a coach, it's the same thing. You don't have to be that yelling coach in the locker room or that coach that shows up on the bench and gives you the, I've never been a motivational coach in the fact that I'm going to give you the unbelievable speech where you're going to be running out there and, and, you know, crushing people, but um, I'll talk to you one-on-one and tell you exactly, you know, what the team and and coach expects of that person. And uh, I think that intimate feel like means a lot for the player, but it also, in my opinion, um, just being a mentor over a coach. And, you know, even we even have parents come up and be like, hey, I never see you like yelling at the kids. Like, I think I think you need to get them like, like amped up and ready to go. <laughs> and I said that, you know, like it's it's never been my style to be a yelling coach. It's never been my style to amp somebody up and get them. Amped. In fact, I want to calm them down. I want them to, to ease their nerves going into the game. I want them to, to visualize and understand what is expected of them. And, um, yeah, so, you know, there's different types of leadership, but, you know, that's something that I think you and I embody really well is like, we just, we practice what we preach and, uh, and that's practice what we preach and show up for others. And I think that that is something those two alone could probably take us really far, but, um, yeah, coach, I'm just, I'm more excited about, you know, continuing to see how this brand is built, um, to see athletes at the pro levels, uh, be a part of the community, but also to have like the everyday person learn and understand how these tools and most of these tools are, are no cost, you know, are very easy to implement or very easy to, to, um, to start practicing uh, can make a huge difference in their lives professionally, mentally, and, and, um, and physically. And um, man, I'm just excited because I think that we're onto something huge. And I just texted you this morning. I was just like, man, we've got to keep going because we're making serious impact. And it's only a matter of time before, um, you know, we start to hit our goals as a business, you know, revenue wise, um, number wise, but really like, it's awesome to be able to make this level of impact with just a small community. But, um, yeah, coach, it's kind of all I had for today. And, and I wanted to, to shoot over to you to, to wrap up with any thoughts, but, um, grateful for you. And, um, I think I'll be joining the podcast uh, every week because, you know, not only to get my voice out there, but really like I learned so much from talking to you and Katie and, and talking to fans, talking to Darnell. I join every single meditation that we put out there and it's good for me. Like, and that's how I've kind of, I've always measured our success with, am I learning as the founder of the project? And if I am, then man, we're putting some some damn good utility out there because, you know, in my opinion, you know, if we're the ones putting it out there and we're the ones to continue to learn and grow, then we're doing kind of what you do on a daily basis with, with uh, you know, your college and what what our head of performance does with the Boston Bruins and Seattle Sounders. And so, um, man, I just feel really good about what we're building, but I'll shoot it over to you for, for any uh, closing remarks.
1: Yeah, no, I'm really grateful. This is a great topic on, um, on team building and just understanding the impact of trying to find your team, right? Like once, you're, once your athletic career might be over, you do, you kind of lose that that idea of a shared mission and shared passion. And I've heard it so many times, like, People, people are like, oh, I don't know what to work out for. You know what I mean? I, I have nothing that I'm going to train for because I'm not competing anymore. Just because, I mean, you still got your body, right? Just because you're you, you're not competing in a sport anymore, you're not wearing a jersey, doesn't mean that you can't take care of yourself. Um, you know, physically and mentally and emotionally, you just got to find your people. I think that's why a lot of people have a fascination with CrossFit, right? It, it's it's cult-like, but it's it's people find their people right people find their sense of community and they find their team and um if if you're out there and, and you want to be you a former athlete or you, you think like an athlete and you want to be successful meta athletes is your team you know it's it's a it's an unbelievable group of individuals that have come together to try to help each other get better and who doesn't want to get better right and it's and a lot of it is It's common sense, and you've heard it, and you've read it, and you've seen it. It's one thing to see it. It's another thing to do it. It's another thing to be it. It's another thing to be around other people who will help you become it.
0: I couldn't have said it better. And I think with that, we'll we'll have to end today's episode because it just rings true. I mean, that's exactly what we do. And um, so I appreciate everybody for listening in, and we'll see you all next week.